What's up, players? Welcome to episode number 52 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we'll discuss the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms while we're playing big topics of the industry and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read in the show, go to readyplaynetwork.com or hit us up at Ready Press Play on Twitter and TikTok. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is January 8th, 2021. I'm your host, Daniel Lima, and I'm joined as always by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Luis Mencheca. You know, Dan, this is very weird. I just uh, <laughs> got out of the rhythm, rhythm of things and... Uh... Yeah, man, I had a really good uh, relaxing break. It was crazy, hectic, chaotic as far as like how busy I was. Oh, yeah? I, had, I, I was I, in my head, my expectations were I'm just going to like game all the goddamn mm -hmm. time. But I literally did almost zero gaming this entire break. You know, that's kind of funny. For, for those that don't know, by the way, Louis and I have not talked to each other in, I think, like three weeks now. So <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we uh, recorded, pre-recorded a lot of episodes together beforehand, and then we both kind of took our vacations and we scheduled the episodes to post. The last two episodes have been, had been pre-recorded, and we barely talked during the time frame. There was a little bit of texting, especially leading up to the recording of this episode right now. But that aside, I feel like there was a, there was a stretch where we didn't text each other all for like two weeks. Yep. Um, so it's nice to reconvene. It's nice to see what you're up to. And yeah, I was kind of in a similar boat. I, I thought that I was going to be able to play all these games during my break, but I really didn't. Um, I played one game in particular that I'm going to be talking about later on. But that aside, I, I wasn't able to really dive into as many things as I originally thought I would. You know, I was spending more time with family and kind of reorganizing a few things on my personal life and etc. But yeah, not as much gaming time as I would have otherwise expected. What about you? Yeah, I had I had all these days off. You know, I was off from work and um, I was going to staycation, which I did. But unfortunately, like, it was just all like centered around hanging out with my family. We were doing some mm -hmm. movie nights. You know, Wonder Woman came out and Soul came out on Christmas Day. So we had, instead of doing a double feature on Christmas Day, we like spread it out and watched mm -hmm. it on different days and stuff like that. It was a lot of just uh, getting ready uh, for Christmas and like wrapping presents and, you know, yeah, I watched stuff. I watched quite a bit of movies as well. I I watched Wonder Woman too. I haven't watched so yet, but I watched a few other random movies. Like I watched Tag for the first time, and that was surprisingly good. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually really funny. Um, but yeah, man, wouldn't you wish that if we had some some time like this to to just talk about movies? You know, that, that that would be nice. That would be nice if we were able to do that. You but, are uh, such an asshole. None, nonetheless, let's let's get into some basic housekeeping. This is the first episode of 2021. Um, it, I would like to say it's the first episode of year two of Ready Press Play. But do you want to hear something interesting, Lewis? This is technically the final episode of year one of Ready Press Play because yeah, we didn't I was wondering. Start. <laughs> I was wondering with week 52 being like the like you know is this. Is this the one year anniversary of our first episode, episode one, or is it next week? It would be next week because our first episode was, I believe, January 17th. Oh. Of, yeah, okay. off, off 2020. Um, so the way it would work out is that it would actually happen between next episode and the next. But it was just kind of how the weeks ended up working out. But also, like, this, we didn't start it. We didn't have an episode for the first week of 2020, basically, because mm. we were still figuring things out at that point, And then we did it on the second week. Oh, okay, um, so that means that, uh, yeah, housekeeping, we are, <laughs> let's get, I'll just go ahead and jump the gun here. Yeah, we're, let's do it. We're doing, uh, Ready Press Play 2.0 is, is in effect here, so uh, we're going to be starting a new, I'm going to be starting a new podcast and headlining a movie podcast called Ready That's Play true. Movies, and uh, it's going to be debuting next week, so basically the two shows are going to be a year apart from each other from their start dates. 
Yeah, that's cool because they're gonna have like the same like the anniversaries will happen kind of together. Yeah, but but one year one show is always gonna be a year, a year older, older, assuming that we can keep doing both of the shows into the future. Now, I will not be present in that show, uh, at least not in a regular uh, way. Lewis is gonna be doing it with a different co-host, which I don't know if you want to announce that yet. But I might yes. show up here and there. But oh, just, of course, of course, I won't. You're I won't be a welcome. regular. Yeah. You're more than welcome to 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 reg- recur be a recurring guest. Uh, but yes, um, Troy Bracy is um, you know he has aspirations of being a movie critic, and he's done a lot of uh, uh, appearances on Musing with Menchaca, Um and mm-hmm. he's also uh, managed to do a little YouTube uh, side project where he puts out videos every so often. He's been going pretty hard lately. Um, he's been like actually putting in the work when it comes to editing and learning and stuff. And I'm actually very impressed with his work and how much he's uh, he's put into it because you know he was doing like these um these little inter- these edits that I didn't even I don't even do so I'm just uh I'm happy to collaborate with him I've been I've been talking to him in the background saying hey I want to do a movie podcast and he's he's like yes I'm down and so we're going to be doing uh uh the the shows to get together and it's going to debut on I believe if all things go according to plan this coming Tuesday on on January the 12th is going to be episode number 1 we're going to uh, of course, kick things off, and we'll have a new uh, theme song, which I ask our, our, our Joel Perez was to do another theme song, and he's going to be uh, also being a recurring guest on the podcast. I don't know if he's going to be a co-host, but for now, he's committed to being a regular. So uh, that's going to be interesting. We're going to be talking a lot of movies and stuff. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. Let's all welcome Troy with open arms uh to to the ready ready press play and the ready play network now family and and we plan on doing more shows like this maybe maybe i'm gonna spin it spin off and and do uh and do something by myself too at some point in the year but that's not ready to be talked about yet of course um, we'll see, that's we'll year see three that's year three right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably as uh, far as actually ready press play goes this show um we are gonna be debuting a few new segments we want to try a new a few things done differently and we'll see how that goes some things might stick some things might not we're really going to be trying things out and seeing how we feel them so please bear with us as we're probably the, the podcast may have a little bit more of an experimental feel over the next few weeks as we try a few of these things and, and perhaps they're going to work out perhaps not but we hope that you understand and that you're along for the ride um i like aside, i like how it's like instead of canceling shows we're going to cancel segments <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically basically yeah um, and as far as our Twitch streams, which I believe we might have alluded to this in one of the previous episodes, maybe one of the pre-recorded episodes, but or maybe even in the stream. Uh, yeah, or whatever, I don't yeah. really remember. But we were doing regular uh, Twitch streams. We did them every Tuesday for a good portion of the year. I can't remember exactly when we started it, but I think it was I feel like, like August or September, and we basically yeah. like managed to like. I think we didn't. We managed to not break the streak until this past Tuesday. If you don't count my vacation in September last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had a streak going of every Tuesday hitting our mark. And, yeah, uh, so you know what you yeah. do when you have a streak? You break it. So that's, <laughs> what we're, that's what we're doing. We're not going to be doing that for a bit. We have a few ideas of what we want to do with our Twitch streams in the future and how we're going to kind of revamp them a little bit and make them a little bit more eventful and less just like less of a uh, regular job kind of thing and more of a hey hey there's here's something cool that we can do and then we're gonna do it in a stream so we're still gonna we're still figuring that out behind the scenes but for now you can assume that our twitch streams are in a little bit of a hiatus but i don't think it's gonna take too long for them to come back in some form of course and uh i'll probably be i have i haven't gone hard on my 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 personal twitch stream account so you can of course you know follow me at twitch.tv slash chakalaka 88 if you want to get uh your lewis fix i'll be trying to (laughs) Maybe take that that ready press play time slot, you know. 
That's true. <laughs> All right, let's let's yeah. let's keep an eye out for that. But you know, I just said that we're gonna get some new segments in this show. So why, Lewis, don't you get us started on the next one here, which is gonna be a, a new segment? All right, here we go. I'm so glad you were able to get that. I realized that I was like very vague about what I wanted. And then I was like, I hope he, I hope he knows. I hope he finds the right thing. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, the Temple of Time theme, of course, man. Welcome to the Temple of Time. This is our second Legend of Zelda sound effect in the show. So maybe we're going to have to think that at some point, but it is a great series. So if any series were to get uh, two sound effects here, I think that's, that's fair. But yes, I just thought it would be cool if once a month, so usually in the first week of the month, we could take a moment to look back in time and take a look at some of the things that happened in that month. So in this case, it will be the month of January in the many years that have passed. And specifically because, you know, it would be too much to look at every single year. We want to look at those flagship years, which are the games, the consoles that are turning, you know, 5, 10, 20 years uh, in this month that we can maybe celebrate and talk about a little bit. And sometimes there's going to be things that we can talk about a lot and sometimes there's not. This was an idea all the way back from, you know, when we first started the podcast, but we never really had the the time and the bandwidth and the planning really to do it. Uh, so this time I wanted to make sure to bring it in and I actually want to try to do it in the first week of every month uh, this year, Lewis. Okay. All right. So we're going to start looking at five years ago in the year 2016, January of 2016, we had the following games come out. We had Amplitude, Gone Home, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, and The Witness. I don't know about you, Lewis. I have not played all these games, but I will say that I have a very soft spot for Gone Home. I think that game is really cool. And at the time, it was a game that kind of broke certain boundaries um, in a way that, you know, not a lot of games had done at that point, especially uh, with all the, the mainstream appeal that the game ended up having. And it's kind of cool to see how far we've come in the last five years and look back at that game and see that that game actually probably had some influence into, you know, all of the different kind of, let me, let me put it this way, all the different social commentary that we see in games nowadays. Don't, don't you think that might be the case? Yeah, of course. I definitely... Uh... I definitely, I don't know. There's the, the game has got like two things going going for me and going against it kind of thing. Where it's like mm -hmm. the, I I only knew about the hype, so right. I guess I was like sort of I don't know let down in in a, in a sense because like I was expecting something more. But you know that's fair. It's uh, definitely it definitely was impactful. It definitely was one of those games that really does. You know, you don't even know what mood it was going for if it was a horror game or like a, dr a dramatic, you know, drama kind of thing. But it definitely uh, still it's still one of those games that I still remember very well. Like it was just yesterday, which is crazy. That has been five years now. Is it January 2016, like the console edition? Because I thought the game was older than that. Oh, I think you're right. This must have been the con. See, we're still learning, guys. There's going to be some <laughs> mistakes along the way. Yeah, because a lot of times in the on the data that I was looking to to put this little list together, there were times where it was like a release of the game, but not necessarily the original release. Mm. And you're right. This must have been the console release because the game is actually from 2013, I believe. <laughs> so nice. good correction on that one. Um, yeah. By the way, I just want to give a shout out to The Witness, only because I've never actually played it, but I remember it was one of those kind of like renaissance kind of situations where like, oh my God, IGN's giving out a 10 in January, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that. That, that happened a lot. I think that, that was the year. Um, I remember there was a year where it was like that and another game came out 
and it's like they're getting to February and it's like they've already given out two tens and stuff like that and everyone was like oh my god mm-hmm. um so I remember that and I remember seeing later that year at a, at a convention uh, I remember watching somebody play that game and just sort of relaxing and vibing with that game and I have that game like on multiple platforms simply because I think it was given to me for like games with gold as well as PS plus mm-hmm. and probably epic games as well like epic game store i probably yeah. already gave it out so i have all these all these platforms i never actually touched the game even though it's on the bucket list it's on the to-do list you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's funny i i never played it as well even though i own it in multiple platforms but a game that i'm going to be talking about later today is actually kind of similar to it and i really enjoyed it so it almost makes me potentially want to go and check it out i just hear that it's very difficult it's just one of those games that it's a puzzle game that you really have to invest in and take notes and 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 really put you know, mental effort towards because and otherwise get some sheets you... of paper on your screen and trace it. And... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you can't get through it. But let's go back a little bit further. Ten years ago, in January 2011, was the release of DC Universe Online, uh, as well as Little Big Planet 2. Mass Effect 2 came out on the PS3. It had come out on Xbox 360, I believe, the year before, and Dead Space 2 also came out that year. Um, so none of those games are really big for me, but I think it's crazy to think that a game like DC Universe Online is now which 10 is still, years old. Which is still going, I believe. I think it got re-released yes. on the PS4. And I just want to give a shout out to DC Universe's Online's uh, opening CGI cutscene. I wish they had a movie of that, you know, but yeah, yeah. it was really good. And, and and it definitely had a it definitely has staying power. And something that was interesting in doing this little exercise, Louis, is that sometimes it feels like the further back you go the last that happened in the month of January. Um, like nowadays, <laughs> you know, there's just games coming out all the time. But, you know, back in the day, it wasn't like that. So it was dead. Although, it was like dead, like dead space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> good, good one there. But yeah, it definitely depends on the year. Uh, I went back five more years. So in January of 2006, and surprisingly, it didn't seem like there was any big game that came out in January of 2006. But I found I randomly found this, this article, it was a magazine article that I thought was pretty funny, which this was before, if you may remember, this was before PSN, in the way we know it was was out. And it was back in the days where Xbox 360 was at the forefront of online connectivity and its live services. So I thought it would be interesting to just kind of read a little bit of this article to see how bold Sony was at the time about their ability to compete with with Xbox Live with their new online services. So, Louis, would you mind reading a little bit of that for us? Sure. It says here, according to a scan posted on the PlayStation forums, the March issue of PlayStation Magazine, PSM, reveals Sony's plans to deliver an online gaming experience that not only targets Microsoft's much-lauded live service, but surpasses it. The article (laughs) reads, Cast aside any doubts and start gazing skyward, because that's where Sony is aiming with plans that go far beyond simple leaderboards and matchmaking, or even the PS3 for that matter. It's a very real, one source tells us, they, Sony, are dead serious about it. They declared, and I quoted, a full-on assault on the latest version of Xbox Live. They are committed to matching Xbox Live on the 360 feature for feature and then some. Back to you, Dan. All right. So looking back now, 15 years later, do you think they did it? <laughs> they <laughs> were very bold about it. <laughs> this is very laughable. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I think... PS Plus uh, games, like free games with PS Plus was first, and then Microsoft aped them with games with gold, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But the server hack and then the the, ref- the refunds that they had to do because of that with uh, PS Plus, and not to mention they got rid of Linux on, on the PlayStation 3, All which that was a class action lawsuit. Yeah, Not being able to change your names on the PSN oh, yeah, that's for right. the longest Up time. Until... And then when they finally managed to make it work, it has like all these crazy uh, side effects and bugs yeah. and things that can happen. 
Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah. Well, you know. Well, hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that that's one of the things that I thought would be fun about the segment too is kind of look at you know predictions and bold statements that were made in the past and see how they you know they lived up to the to to the test of time if they aged poorly or not. <laughs> uh, and I think that's an interesting one because I think that PSN has come a long way and I think they're pretty solid now. But it's interesting to think that for a while there they they were way behind um, and it took him quite a bit to, to catch up. And I, I, I know a lot of people would still say that they haven't caught up. I feel like right now things are a little bit more equal, but still interesting to look back at that on yeah. January of 2001. So a full 20 years ago, a lot of games came out surprisingly, uh, not a lot that I played, but nonetheless, I wanted to give a shout out to runescape mega man, 64 Mario tennis, Oni fantasy star online, Raymond 2, The Great Escape, and Mega Man X5, which is something that we'll see with the next uh, with the next step here, too, is that it seems like a lot of Mega Man games came, come out on January, uh, and I, I had no idea about that, and I thought that was interesting. In fact, uh, even the X Legacy collections that came out recently, were some of them were released in January. Hmm. What do you think yeah. would, would lead a developer to want to release their game in January? Just lack of competition, probably? Yeah, probably. I mean, if they have uh, previous releases that were successful in that time frame, you're going to want to repeat what works. So, mm. yeah. Depends on, like, if when, like, the actual, like, even, like, the when did the NES Mega Man games come out? Just to see where that happened. Because, yeah, that'd be, uh, I, I would, I don't know. I have no other explanation other than that. Yeah. No, that's true. But, yeah. And, and just, just before, you, uh, before you say it, though, I just wanted to give a shout out to Mario Tennis. That game still holds up. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Wasn't that one of your uh, sharing the loves at one point? Actually, that, it wasn't uh, that sequel. version, I think. It yeah. was the sequel, uh, Mario Tennis. Uh, what was it? Damn. Oh, my God. Mario Tennis Open. Yeah, that's the one. No, no, not. Damn it. That's the 3DS. Fuck. I, don't, I can't remember the, okay. the, the GameCube. It's okay, it's, oh, whatever. It's okay. <laughs> 25 years ago, and this is our last shout out here in January of 1996, we had Mega Man X3 come out, as well as Duke Nukem 3D. And uh, I wonder how long that game was in development, but it was probably not <laughs> 20 years like the next one. <laughs> Um, what's it called? It's really interesting. Like, I, I feel like I remember writing like January, 1996 on a homework assignment or something like that. I feel so old now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At that point I would have been not even two yet. So I was definitely not writing homework assignments as well, but you know, this is it. This is the segment. So it's just kind of a look back. Sometimes we're going to have maybe interesting stories about the games that show up sometimes, maybe not. So I just thought it would be interesting to kind of look back and see how old we are. That's the point of it. Um, right. Let's see what February brings us next month. Yeah, definitely. Dan, was, this is uh, your segment. <laughs> I was going to say, you did not play anything, right? Yeah, no. All right, cool. So I, I was just kind of playing around with the Xbox Series X. Uh, didn't put a much, as much time on it as I would have hoped otherwise, but I played some more Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Not much to say there other than game's fun. Didn't really play more Cyberpunk as I thought I would. Um, I just wasn't feeling it. At one point, I turned it on. And I started a mission, and then I failed the mission, and then I restarted the mission, <laughs> and then I failed it again. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just, I just kind of don't want to deal with this right now. <laughs> so and then you quick resumed your ass back to Assassin's Creed. Yeah, basically. And you know, I had a lot more fun with that, so that's been good. But I wanted to check out this other game. It's a Game Pass game, and I didn't really know much about it other than this game actually won IGN's Xbox Game of the Year. Now, granted, it didn't have a lot of competition, I think, but. <laughs> It was, I'm surprised Ori didn't win, but whatever. Yeah, Ori, you know, Ori was probably the main competition, but they picked this game instead, which is an interesting choice. You know, I haven't really played a lot of the other ones that, that were nominated in that situation, but I was like, okay, let me check this out. It looked like it was is very much like Firewatch. I don't know if you remember that game. Yes. Where 
it's kind of a walking simulator. There's some puzzles. There's, you know, like you're going around. There's a lot of um, like voice acted dialogue and you're trying to figure out what's going on. In this case, the story, you follow the story of this woman who has just arrived at this uh, Polynesian island where her husband went on a mission. And her, so her husband goes on a mission to try to find a cure for this illness that she has and then doesn't come back. So she goes after him trying to figure out what happened. And then she's tracing his steps through the island. So you find, you know, where they set out camp and, and his expedition. You find out what happened. And at some point you start finding out that, you know, some of the people in his expedition have died and what caused that and what's going on. And does anybody live in this island? Um, I don't know if I said the name of the game yet, by the way, that I just realized. Call of the, the Sea. I think the game, you did. The game is called Call of the Sea. Um, it's an Xbox uh, slash PC, probably exclusive. It's available on Xbox Game Pass. But nonetheless, it's one of those games that you play through in a few hours. There's a lot of very clever puzzles, some of which I struggled with for a while. But whenever I was able to figure them out by myself, it felt really good. Um, there was one in particular where I was just cracking my head, but I really didn't want to look at a guide for it. Um, there were at least two that I had to look at a guy for, but this one, I just, I, I didn't want to do it. I was being stubborn. So I even like, you know, I went to bed and I was like, I'll, I'll think about this tomorrow. And then I went back into the game the next day and I was like, oh, there we go. And once it clicked, it just, and I, and I just put the stones in the right places and the right doors open. I was just like, hell yes. So it's just one of those games for the people that enjoy that kind of feeling, um, trying to figure out what's going on, trying to piece together the story as, as you find all these notes around and, you know, trying to solve these puzzles so that you can uncover the mystery of the island and ultimately what has led this character to be there. The other thing that's interesting too, and this might be a little bit of a spoiler, but I, I'm not, it doesn't really spoil the story. It just kind of spoils a, a, a factor of it, which is that you, when you get to the end of the game, um, there are two endings. You can choose between two different endings based on a decision that you make based on what you saw in the game and what you think the character should do. So I thought it was kind of cool to see that as well. But nonetheless, I had a good time with the game. It was the final game that I finished in the year 2020, thus completing my my Twitter thread of games that I beat in 2020. I think it was <laughs> I think it was game number 17, if I remember correctly. So that was pretty good. Um, nice. I'll probably be doing a similar thread in 2021 and seeing how games I, I can finish this year. I guess the goal this year should be to beat last year. So that's what I'm going to try to do. Yeah, well, for me, if if I were to hold myself to that standard, I, I was gonna. It's a pretty low bar to clear for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it's my turn. All right, go for it. <laughs> yes, uh, that's the Fortnite battle bus sound effect right there. So, <laughs> this is a uh, we've been Dan has been noticing a reoccurring activity where I keep talking about Fortnite. So he's giving me my own segment where I talk <laughs> about Fortnite and Smash. So anything goes when it comes to these things. And I got a, 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 quite a rant here that, I, that to, to unleash. <laughs> I'm ready for all right. it. All right, number one, I got V-Bucks for Christmas. Uh, that was really awesome. My niece is, is great. That's perfect. That's I cool. spent it all in a day. It was gone. Like It was $20 in V-Bucks. I've been Damn. going crazy, crazy stupid wild with how much, I've been, I've been, how much V-Bucks I've been spending, which is ridiculous. I've, I, I, have, I have a problem. <laughs> so, um, there, the, the newest update, um, uh, increased the number of slots that you can, uh, you can save as far as like how many uh, presets you can make as far as your, your loadouts for your skins and your emotes and stuff like that. It used to be 10, but now it was 50. And over the, uh, break, I, I, uh, created and meticulously created all 50 of my slots to be very unique, which is crazy. Like, um... I just wanted to say that that's a great feature, but now they need to do more than 50 now because I have more than 50 skins and some things have to get deleted, which is already like that wall that I hit with 10. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, there was a uh, there was a challenge that they told you to play this creative mode. Being creative, people can create any 
basically anything. It's like a game engine. And yeah, so somebody I've seen it. Yeah. somebody created Among Us in Fortnite. Really? Yes. And uh it was a challenge where they told you to go and play that that, that creative mode uh for for like some some cosmetics and stuff and I only played it just for the cosmetics but then it turns out oh my god it's among us and it's so awesome and there's tasks and then there's like you know calling emergency meetings and everything and it's like it's it's like among us but in like the third per, uh, third person like 3D environment instead and uh and in you the know, Fortnite engine too so it almost yeah. makes me think that that would be even better <laughs> yeah well i mean i don't know like i think that the one problem that i do have with uh with uh, the game is that um there is no discourse i mean like obviously it's it's voice chat um it's voice chat unlike actual among us because it's like a, it's like a text chat mm-hmm. but um one thing i don't like is that like in among us it's like uh in among us you can sort of like say someone's sus but then you can like defend yourself reasonably there's like a reasonable standard where you have to like have proof or something like that where in a fortnight i noticed that like as soon as you say someone is sus that's it you just start you start voting them immediately and that's there is no discourse mm-hmm. there's no like what, what what the hell like what did i do or whatever and it's just like and every single match I played, and I played multiple multiple of those among, among Us matches, they're like no one gives a fuck. You're just as soon as as soon as the, the fingers pointed at you, that's it. You're you're dead. You get you get ejected, which is crazy. Do you crazy. think that is the fault off the game design though, or is it just the player base? I don't know. It could be both. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. But I I played a lot of matches, and uh, I only played those matches so many matches just so I can get those rewards, and I had to. Uh, but I never I haven't reco- uh, you know had a good situation where a meeting is called or whatever, or a body is found. And things just don't go. It feels like it's like rolling the dice, and sometimes we get the we get the perp, but sometimes we just an innocent person dies, including myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the last thing I just want to bitch about is that those bastards put Green Arrow behind the monthly subscription <laughs> paywall. I I bitched about it earlier and last year during the podcast how this this paywall thing sucks ass. Its value proposition is off. And then all of a sudden they put a badass skin in Green Arrow, and I can't buy him with my V bucks. Those bastards. No, so, you're, you're just gonna have to. Well, you're just gonna have to subscribe for a month and then cancel it, right? I, I know, that's but you can do. yes, I can do it. But they'll win. The, the, the terrorists <laughs> will win. Right, right, right. I actually, you know, I actually got something to review. Is that I, I played a little bit of Fortnite too on the Xbox Series X. I, I played like maybe like three matches of it. I don't know, man. Fortnite doesn't really grab me. I always end up doing that where I just play a few matches and I feel like I've had my fill. But it was the first time ever for me. So maybe maybe it's the beginning of the end for me, Lewis. It was the first <laughs> time that I put money in the game. I bought the I just bought the battle pass and got the Mandalorian skin. Oh, stuff, nice. So. Yeah, I now just, you got to do those quests to get his Mandalorian like silver armor, like the 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 Beskar armor. the The main reason why I did it actually is because the the concept of battle pass and and how they work and how they operate is something that I've always kind of had a little bit of a hard time fully understanding. I get it in theory, but I've never really experienced it in a game because I never bought one. And it's come up in game design situations before, you know, in my previous job, there were situations where people talked about battle passes in a context of something that we we're deciding to do for the game we're working on. And I was like, yeah, I don't really understand how that works. So I, I thought it would probably be a good idea for me to get familiar with it and actually go through it and figure out how it works. That's what I'm telling myself to justify my $8. <laughs> game, is, pro, game design 10 years ago was all about you buy the thing, you get the thing. Yeah, exactly. Now it's like you buy the thing, you get to grind for that thing. Yeah, it's very <laughs> odd. Like when I played online games back in the day, it was like if you put the money in, the expectation was that you were not going to grind at all, that you were just going to get it. <laughs> so well, anyway, yeah. uh, that's it for your Fortnite rants today. Yep. All right, let's move on into the news then. 
All right, we got quite a bit of uh, interesting things to talk about here. Um, there's a lot of things happening since the last recorded regular episode in the show. Like we said, it's been three weeks. There hasn't been huge news stories during these three weeks, but there have been a few things here and there. So we're going to be covering some of that stuff. Uh, so the first one here comes our way through VGC. Sony will discontinue mil- multiple PS4 models, according to a Japanese retailer. This was reported by Andy Robinson on January 3rd, 2021, and there's been a few updates to the story since then as well. Uh, But in summary, as spotted and translated by Twitter sleuth Cheesemaster, one retailer in the region has notified customers that it will no longer be receiving stock of five PlayStation 4 models due to the manufacturer ending production. The models in question are PS4 500GB Glacier White, 1TB Jet Black, 1TB Glacier White, 2TB Jet Black, and the PS4 Pro 1TB Glacier White. There has not yet been any official comment from PlayStation or similar notice from physical retailers in other regions. However, last month, Sony's official PlayStation Direct store briefly stated that it would no longer offer PlayStation 4 Pro consoles for sale, leading to speculation Sony could be said to discontinue the model. I don't think they included in this article yet, but there have been updates to the story since then, and I'm pretty sure it's now confirmed that the PS4 Pro is discontinued and that all but one model of the original PS4 um, will be discontinued as well. So why do you think about this list? Well, I mean, there's a, there's, this is like one of those double-edged swords here because like the PlayStation 3 didn't like officially discontinue until like 2018, I believe. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it feels like they're sort of cutting this generation short as far as like the longevity of how many units they're going to sell, you know, beyond 2020. Um, So, there's that aspect of things, but at the same time, the second, the, the, the flip side is, you know, maybe all of these resources and like, you know, machinery and like production, uh, production lines can get, be more geared towards manufacturing PS5s, which I can finally buy one whenever they put the resources into making more of them. So, um, also just from a pure like optic standpoint, I mean, a PS4 Pro still has an MSRP of $400, which is the same price of a digital PS5. Mm-hmm. So you're putting in like a situation where your last gen console is the same price as your current gen console. So that's really like a no good, like a no win scenario. So having just a PS4 Slim at $200 is a good gateway, uh, you know, and gateway entry drug to like, you know, the PlayStation ecosystem. They can sort of just really, really win with that. And then that's all they really need. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't care too strongly about it either. I mean, this doesn't affect me at all because, you know, I already have my PS4 Pro and my base PS4 as well, and I wasn't intending on buying a new PS4 anytime soon. But it is interesting, and I, I almost wish I could get a little bit more insight into what leads to some of those decisions because it's not typical. You know, what we saw with the with the Xbox discontinuing so many of the previous models and now this happening with PlayStation as well, I feel like it, I, I do think it's atypical for console uh, manufacturers because in the past like you said you know the ps3 was supported for a really long time the ps2 was supported for a really long time even if there's not necessarily that many new games coming out for it the the consoles were available um for a really long time and still vibrant and there's always those crazy stories about how you know a new just dance game came out on the original wii like two years ago um and how you know there were certain fifa games and things like that come out on on previous gen hardware sometimes like two like harder from two generations prior and i always think those stories are cool because you know that there are people out there that do not have the means of buying the new console or are simply not interested on buying the new console yet that are consuming games in in these older consoles and that was always something that i enjoyed reading about and hearing about and it seems that now the intention is to actually push people forward as fast as possible (laughs) right that's what they're trying to do Seems pretty pretty grimy. I mean, like I feel like the whole purpose of having the last gen consoles, 
it's like it's the it's to have like the lower price, the lower barrier to entry kind of thing. Um, like how do I put this? Um, like the iPhones, one of the things about iPhones and being competitive is that they can sell last last year's model at yeah. like the budget price and stuff like that. And I feel like they're missing. They're not. I don't know if they're missing out because I don't know because I feel like with the Xbox Series uh, S, you know, at that three hundred dollar price point, they're basically trying to hit that mark as well. Like yeah. my nephew and my nephew's girlfriend each got an Xbox Series S for Christmas this year. So it kind of sort of like it begets that that idea of like, is it more insulting to get like a young kid like a PS4 for Christmas in Christmas 2021 or 2022? You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. So. Yeah, well, we shall see. For our next news story here, Twitch pulls Champ and Mo. This was reported by Wesley in Pool on January 7th, 2021. So as we record this today, Twitch has pulled the popular PogChamp emote. We've made the decision to remove the PogChamp emote following statements from the face of the emote encouraging further violence after what took place in the Capitol today, Twitch tweeted. Of course, this is referencing the whole um, protest storming into the, yeah. the U.S. Capitol, the, the, this, this crazy situation that we had happen this week. Open quote, we want the sentiment and use of Pog to live on. Its meaning is much bigger than the person depicted or image itself, and it has a big place in Twitch culture. However, we can't in good conscience continue to enable use of the image. The PogChamp emote is based on Ryan Gutex Gutierrez, a famous face within the fighting game community. The emote itself originates from a 2010 video blooper reel from the Cross Counter YouTube show in which Gutex expressed surprise. Last night, after Trump supporters stormed the Capitol in an attack that saw four people die, Gutex called for civil unrest over the shooting and death of a woman inside the Capitol building using the hashtag MagaMartyr in a tweet. Twitch said it will now work with the community to design a new emote for the most hype moments on its platform. Um, I'm going to be honest, this news kind of didn't do anything for me because I, I, I'm not big on Twitch and I didn't even know about this emote. I didn't even know this was a thing. Didn't know oh. this guy. So to me, really? it's like, yeah, to me, like it was like, I, I saw the thing pop it up. I was like, cool. All right. I don't, I don't and then I put care it on the it, dock. But, yeah. But, <laughs> but I see all this is, you know, with, from your world, especially now that I read about how this person was, um, huge uh, in the FGC. Big, yeah. yeah, exactly. Big in the, the fighting game community, et cetera. So, um, yeah. What do you have? What do you have to say, Louis? Okay. So yeah, Gutex is uh huge. He's definitely one of those OG, like, um, uh, people that are very much in the personality, like hosting type, uh, situations. So, um, he's sort of had like a recent fall from grace because he's been putting out some crazy political views, even not just what happened that, you know, on yesterday's mm -hmm. day of recording. Um, you know, he's had some stuff about like, you know, the COVID situation about, um, you know, vaccines and stuff like that. That's kind of really bad, bad form. And, uh, uh, it really sucks. I mean, I don't know what's going on with him in his personal life and, you know, but it really sucks that, uh, uh, this guy, the, 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 the pog champ emote has, definitely one of been been one of those things that really defines twitch culture and for the most for for a big part especially early on in those days he he's uh his, that emote really was the thing that that's set differentiated twitch as a product because you know emotes weren't really a thing on youtube or or facebook or whatever the hell you know so mm -hmm. it's one of those things that helps like he basically sort of became like the face of twitch and mm. now twitch is sort of like they they reacted hella fast and twitch is really slow when it comes to reacting to things and it's really crazy that you know something like this happens and you know everyone is just on the ball when it comes to like you know uh twitch youtube twitter and facebook and everyone's like you know pulling strings really fast and uh this is one of one of those things and it's one of those kind of end of an era kind of situations where uh you know that pog champ emote i've seen it so many goddamn times and now they're gonna sort of replace it and make a new one. I don't know what they're. I don't know how who's gonna become the new face of that you know emote, but 
Yeah. I, my, my guess is that they're going to do some cartoony thing that has the same expression, maybe, but yeah. with nobody's, no, no specific person's face. Um, yeah, it's always interesting to see stories like this because a lot of times companies will associate with people and use people's um, like persona as part of their branding. And then whenever these people start saying controversial things or, you know, certain stories like this start coming out about them, then you always see the companies have to, you know, pull out and, and find a way out of it. There, there was a similar situation with Notch, creator of Minecraft, a while ago too, where I think at this point, you know, his name doesn't even show up in the credits of the game anymore because, <laughs> you know, he was seeing so much controversial stuff on Twitter and et cetera that Moyang now owned by Microsoft and not associated with Notch anymore. They didn't want any of it. And yeah. you can't, you, you know, you can't fault them for it. There's, you know, there, there's two sides to the argument here, but I, I think at the end of the day, when, when somebody, you know, is bringing trouble for, um, what is, what is the word? Like the brand like for the brand and, and making people perceive them as together and, and cause all these, all, the, all of this confusion when they're not even associated with the brand anymore, you can't fault the brand for wanting to just kind of get clean out of it. Um, so it's understandable. Yeah. Like how, like, you know, Warner Brothers was trying to distance themselves from J.K. Rowling for the mm. release of Fantastic Beasts because of her views and stuff that she was putting out there or whatever. Uh, yeah, man. It's just uh, it's just like the game that we play here. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. very meta. Moving on. Uh, this comes our way through Destructoid. Nintendo acquires Luigi's Mansion 3 developer Next Level Games, as reported by Chris Moyes. Canadian studio throws all its ships in with Nintendo. Nintendo has announced that it has purchased Next Level Games, acquiring 100% of its outstanding shares in order to transition the Canadian outfit into a full first-party studio. NLG's shares are currently held entirely by its owner, directors, and employees, reads an official document concerning the purchase. A number of owner directors recently determined that the time is right for them to sell their shares, and NLG therefore began exploring potential sale transactions. Completion of the acquisition will serve to secure the av availability of NL NGL NLG development resources for Nintendo, including development expertise, as well as facilitate an anticipated improvement in development speed and quality by enabling closer communication and exchange of staff with the Nintendo development team. The purchase is a no-brainer, given the next level has been responsible for a slew of popular Nintendo titles, including Wii Punch-Out, the Super Mario Strikers titles, Metroid Prime Federation Force for 3DS, and most recently, Luigi's Mansion 3 for Nintendo Switch. According to the purchase details, the acquisition is expected to close on March 1st, 2021. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, Next Level Games is just one of those studios that you just associate with Nintendo. They basically might as well have been a first-party Nintendo studio this whole time, and now they're just kind of sealing the deal and just kind of, you know, making it official. It kind of makes me think of um, Sony's purchase of Insomniac Games uh, last year. Although, in that situation, it was a little bit different because Insomniac, you know, they were mostly working with Sony, but they had an affair with Microsoft for a little bit there with uh, Sunset <laughs> Overdrive. <laughs> Um, but then, yeah. so, you know, the, the affair made Sony want to seal the deal and, and, and finish the marriage. So, um, <laughs> now with, with the Nintendo, you know, this, I guess this is just the kind of new story where it just makes sense. I, you know, I like the, I like next level games. We both are big fans of Luigi's Mansion 3. So good stuff. What do you think? I think that this is more of a situation where Nintendo doesn't, has learned from like their mistakes and stuff like that. So they don't want another rare situation mm -hmm. happening where like the, the owners sell their shares and then someone else buys them or whatever, and now like their partnership doesn't like it, like it like ruins like their ability to partner with them for like Luigi's Mansion Four or possibly like another like Mario Strikers or whatever or whatever else that they're working with. So I think that that it's uh, definitely a, a uh, um, 
a good a good thing as far as like okay now they're in house and now they probably have more more resources they probably get like better backing and stuff like that because they were sort of like I I guess sort of self financing these games and stuff they were just working with Nintendo's IP so now mm. things are more official official and uh, the only the only other mistake that I can think of is uh, the uh, Mario and Luigi series um, mm. the the developer uh, of the Mario and Luigi uh, I believe who, let me see here. The developers were Alpha Dream, and mm-hmm. they got shuttered and completely like went bankrupt and stuff like that. So oh, now damn. you're not going to get like a Mario and Luigi on the Switch because they're the studio like shuttered and stuff like that. So this is definitely one of those good situations where you now have you know another another um, another ring in the roster kind of kind of thing and or another name in the roster that you can definitely put out more more content that way. So yeah, yeah good stuff. Definitely good. And you know, looking at the list of games made me realize it's about time for a new Super Mario Strikers. Um, yes, we haven't had one since the Wii. Yeah, I think it would yeah. be cool to see one of those on the on the Switch, and especially now that they just did Luigi's Mansion Three. I would expect their next game not to be another Luigi's Mansion game, especially because you know we want to we want to space those out. We don't want to get at least at least for me, as much as I like Luigi's Mansion Three, I don't want to get two of those in the same console generation. Yeah, the same console. Yeah. So we might we might might be a good time for a new uh, Mario Strikers. I would be a hundred percent down with that. Of course, uh, yeah. I think Luigi's Mansion Three is going to be an evergreen title, so they shouldn't they shouldn't uh, you know cannibalize themselves and stuff like that. Generally speaking, you uh, for every like console, like there's only one Smash or only one Mario Kart or you mm-hmm. know that kind of thing. So that's definitely going to be a good thing. And yes, Mario Strikers is going to be the next game. That's the prediction. I know I'm ahead of myself, but <laughs> don't know when that's going to be announced. I doubt it's going to get announced this year. To tell you the truth, oh uh, no, we we won't. I mean, Luigi's Mansion came out in uh, like late 2019. 2019. I think yeah we oh, it was on Halloween 2019 so yeah we probably won't see it until late 2022 at the earliest is is what I'm guessing but we'll see all right moving on this story is a little bit old but you know we gotta catch up on the cyberpunk situation because when we last recorded or typical episode things were just kind of starting there and there's been quite a bit of updates on that story since then this one is a little bit old but I think it's important context nonetheless. As reported by Adam Bankhurst for IGN, Cyberpunk 2077 sold over 13 million copies as of December 20th, despite refunds. CD Projekt Red has confirmed that it has sold through over 13 million copies of Cyberpunk 2077 as of December 20th, even with most refund requests factored in. Announced by CD Projekt Red, this number included all retail and digital sales across all hardware platforms and has accounted for all refunds submitted by both brick-and-mortar stores and digital storefronts, except for those submitted directly to CD Projekt Red. This figure represents the estimated volume of retail sales across all hardware platforms, yada yada yada. Yeah, the sell-through figure less all refund requests emailed directly to the company by the publication date of this report and the framework of the Help Me Refund campaign. So, you know, as we said uh, last time when we were talking about this, despite all the issues that the game had on release for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, that the game still sold a lot, made a lot of money, and, you know, they're probably happy with the, with the financial results of the game. Uh, still and this this article also adds that the game had already sold 8 million copies before launch just on pre-orders so it seems like the majority of people that bought the game you know they had the game kind of within launch week where people that had pre-ordered it which is pretty interesting and then since then we also saw a uh, class action lawsuit be filed against CD Projekt Red so I'm going straight into the source here so it might it might get a little legally as, as, as I'm going through it Equity, al- <laughs> Equity yeah. Alert, Rosenlaw Firm files securities class action lawsuit against CD Projekt SA. Um, New York to the business wire, Rosenlaw Firm, a global investor rights law firm, announces it has filed a class action lawsuit on behalf of purchasers of the securities of CD Projekt SA, 
between January 16, 2020 and December 17, 2020, inclusive. The lawsuit seeks to recover damages for CD Projekt investors under the federal securities laws. To join the CD Projekt class action, go to blah, 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 blah. Uh, according to the lawsuit, defendants throughout the class period made false and or misleading statements and are failed to disclose that one, Cyberpunk 2077 was virtually unplayable on the current generation Xbox or PlayStation systems due to an enor enormous number of bugs. Two, as a result, Sony would remove Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation Store and Sony, Microsoft, and CD Projekt would be forced to offer full refunds for the game. Three, consequently, CD Projekt would suffer reputational and pecuniary harm. And four, as a result, defendant's statements about its business, operations, and prospects were materially false and misleading and or lacked a reasonable basis at all relevant times. When the true details enter the market, the lawsuit claims that investors suffered damage. A class action lawsuit has already been filed. If you wish to serve as lead plaintiff, you must move to court no later than February 22nd, 2021. So we're probably going to see some updates on this within the next month and a half-ish. I just want to say, man, Rosen Law Firm is really like all up gamers' asses. I just want to say that uh, the Rosen Law Firm is the same exact law firm that did the class action lawsuit for the Nintendo Joy-Con drift. Oh, really? So, yeah. I didn't know about that. I recognize the name. And I'm like, and I had to Google them just to make sure I was right. But yeah, that is true. So <laughs> I don't know why, wow. but that's what they do. I guess that's their specialty. So, um, I don't really have a whole lot to say. I'm not surprised. I just, I just gonna say, I'm not surprised that lawsuits yeah. are existing. I mean, you know, that's a, it's con that's a consumer pr protection kind of thing, and uh, definitely uh, lying uh, about, you know, uh, marketing materials lying is definitely not, like a no, a no go. Um, I actually even watched a a, a YouTuber review uh, Cyberpunk, and it was a forty something minute review, and I watched the whole thing. Um, his name is uh, I met him. His name is Wood Hawker. He does uh, beat 'em ups, mm -hmm. and uh, he uh, he did the review, and he even like went back and looked at the marketing materials that they like you know spouted out a long time ago, like even in, back in like 2018, and saying like, oh, this is a lie, this is a lie, and that's a lie, and stuff like that, and this was cut obviously, and so it just kind of it just really makes it look really bad about how mm -hmm. how you know how low the or how high the expectations were how they overpromised and underdelivered basically yeah so. it's so interesting because you know with game development um when you're making a game the game is changing every day a lot of times there is intent to add certain features that get cut due to like a time like a funding or simply sometimes because they started working on it and realized that it wasn't as fun or didn't add as much to the game as they thought it would maybe it conflicts with another system that they had in there that they didn't think about so things change and things you know Things get moved around throughout development. That's that's pretty common. So it's it's not unusual that you may see a game get announced with a certain set of promises that then get changed later on. The thing is, like, usually, you know, usually you don't talk about the details as much as you talk about the what's the core nugget of the game. And those are the things that are guaranteed not to change for the most part, uh, or that you would probably be in a bad shape if you actually had to change. The thing that is still... The worst, though, is is the fact that they refuse to be transparent all the way leading up to release. And that's <laughs> that's what I think, you know, just kind of separates. And I I almost don't want to spend too much time on this topic either because there's there's been so many people talking about this over the last few weeks. I think people are probably tired of it, and I'm definitely tired of it. But I think that's the big differentiator, that sometimes you see the things change, but, you know, leading up to release, you have a very good idea of what the game is, right? You know, when, when reviewers get the copies of the games and they're reviewing it and you're seeing, you know, the latest trailers and et cetera, you can, you can see the things that change and you can see the things that are there in the game or not a lot of times right before the game comes out. But the, the problem with CD Projekt Red is that they intentionally, you know, made an effort to hide that and to make people think that they were buying something that they were not. So, and we already said that many times. A lot of people have already said that. I don't want to beat a dead horse here. Uh, but ultimately, 
I am actually, I think it's probably a positive thing that this class action lawsuit is happening because companies need to know that there needs to be, there needs to be a level of accountability to these things. Um, and I hope that other companies, other studios are looking at this and learning from it um, and, and, and deciding not to repeat the same mistakes that CD Projekt Red has made. Although at the of end course. of the day, they sold 30 million <laughs> copies of the game. So who, <laughs> they might just be, maybe they don't care. Yeah. Well, I just want to say before we move on, I I, uh, I watched uh, the Level One Gaming's podcast. It's called the Take Two Podcast. Uh, they reported about some kind of like uh, leak or whatever, some kind of insider leak about the development of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and apparently, like the validity of that leak is in question because apparently, like Cyberpunk was saying that uh, that the these are, that is that it's fake news essentially. So I don't mm. know. Just wanted to say that there's some there's some more shenanigans going on with Cyberpunk, and I didn't really look into it. But if you guys do want to, you audience listeners. Just by all means, uh, Google away. Sounds good. And now another one reported by Adam being cursed for IGN. A lost Game Boy add-on called The Work Boy has been found after 28 years. I figured we can end with a little fun one. A lost unreleased Game Boy add-on known as The Work Boy has been discovered after 28 years and reviews an accessory that could have brought PDA-like functions like an address book, calculator, appointment book, and so much more to Nintendo's beloved handheld device. Video game historian Liam Robertson shared his quest to find out what happened to this add-on in a new Game History Secrets video on Did You Know Gaming. And not only did he track down the original creators behind the Workboy to learn the story behind why it was never released, he was able to get one of the only prototypes in the world working. As you can see in the image below, you can check the link to check it out. The Workboy was a keyboard that connected to the Game Boy via link cable and would allow you to take advantage of 12 apps including an address slash phone book and appointment book. The Workboy was said to be an officially licensed accessory for the Game Boy that was designed by Source Research and Development and, produ and produced by Fabtech Inc. in close collaboration with Nintendo. So, yeah, pretty crazy. I just, um, it's just one of those cool little history things to look at. I always find it funny how Nintendo has, throughout time, created all these peripherals. And there, there are so many different ones that actually did come to market. And then so many that we saw get announced, but then ended up not coming out, like like the Vitality Sensor for the Wii, I believe. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to think all the ones that, you know, either got patented or, you know, they started working on them, but that ultimately did not uh, see the light of day. And, and it's kind of cool to see that this exists and it works and it's functional. Um, who would have thought you, you could use your, your Game Boy as, as a, PC, a PC, basically? <laughs> yeah, PDA, basically, yeah. That's really interesting. And look, um, this def you definitely should have put this and checked this out, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it would probably have fit there better, that's true. Yeah, but uh, no, uh, the, uh, this is interesting. It looks really, like, I like, the, I like the design, I like the look of it. It's got, like, a whole, like, QWERTY keyboard and everything, and uh, I'm impressed. I will say that. Uh, I could think if there's like a battery save on that cartridge, you can like basically store and save a lot of data and stuff like that. And I can mm -hmm. see if the game back in the day, you know, the Game Boy was something you take around all the time. So I can see that really fitting in with people's lifestyles. So it was like the iPhone of its era kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's go through some extra news here. Number one, rumors from film and TV industry insiders indicate that Bethesda's Elder Scrolls series could be making its way to Netflix as a TV series. Number two, a new secret cheat code has been found in Nier Automata that lets players skip the entire game after only beating the first boss. Number three, an Xbox Series X survey is asking players if they want PS5 DualSense features in the Xbox controller. Number four, Nintendo has reviewed that it's shutting down Netflix functionality on the Wii U and 3DS this June, and there's still no sign of the streaming service on Nintendo Switch. Number five, a new report from Bloomberg confirms Microsoft attempted to buy Nintendo during the OG Xbox era, and Nintendo execs laughed Microsoft out of the room. <laughs> Number six, a message from PC hardware manufacturer Asus 
or ASUS, announced prices are going up as Trump tariffs go back into effect. Number seven, an unfinished Japanese PS1 game called Magic Castle was finally completed thanks to one of the original team members and can now be played through emulators. Number eight, players who haven't upgraded to the Master Chief Collection have some bad news. The entire library of Halo Xbox 360 games will have their online services discontinued in one year. Those I'm, bastards. <laughs> I mean, honestly, cool to see that it was still supported up to this day. Um, honestly, considering that, you know, all the games have been remade and released on the Master Chief Collection since then and that the Xbox 360 is now two generations old, right? So, mm. um, yeah, at least yeah, it's not one of those... True. That is true. Yeah. At least it's not one of those situations where they're shutting down the service the the year after the game has come out or something. Yeah, that is true. Like, I, I, you're you're right. You're right. I, I am overstating it, but it is. It definitely had it. It lasted an entire next a whole generation cycle and stuff like that. But you know, on on the on the one hand, it's like uh, I think that this is like a like one of those canary in the coal mines kind of thing. It's like it's sort of like predicting what's to come because I think that the timing of the shutdown of the uh, Halo 360 servers could signify that the 360 might go offline, mm-hmm. maybe, you think? Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Especially with Halo being Microsoft's flagship multiplayer game, right? Yeah. So I think that's fair. Yeah, um, so that's a prediction right there. Um, so I just wanted to say, those bastards, how dare they? Like Netflix, come on, man. Like you can you could stay on the Wii U. I mean, that's one of the good things. We uh, like mm-hmm. Netflix on the Wii U was a really good experience, by the way. I just want to say the like, Wii U gamepad really dope. Uh, 3DS not so much because you know the screen resolution is pretty is pretty ass. But uh, I just gotta say that the uh, the fact that it's not on the Switch and you're like you know discontinuing it from these quote unquote legacy hardware. I just think that it's kind of dumb. Because why don't you just have Netflix on every device known to man and keep it that way? And I don't know why. What's what is it? What is it bothering you to keep it uh, keep it alive? I doubt you have to push out any updates. But yeah. Well, the interesting thing is that how Netflix, the way Netflix works is that they just create a new version of the app every once in a while, and then that new version of the app will support a certain amount of platforms. But if if there's a platform that is no longer supported by the new updates of the app, they just stop updating it, but the app just remains there. So yes. that's that's what always happens with Netflix, and that's why Netflix is still available in some really old platforms. I mean, we're thinking about these consoles, but also, you know, um, older smart TV models and things like that. Like, there's so many things that Netflix is really functional on, um, or old, like, Roku's and uh, whatever else. So... Yeah, it is a little odd, and also it's interesting that the way that this, um, the way that the story was written almost makes it sound like it's uh, it was a Nintendo decision instead of a Netflix decision, but that doesn't really make a lot of sense, so I don't know. Let's see. Honestly, the- it's kind of crazy, because, like, I had a cousin that, like, um, he didn't have, a, he had one of those, like, little small TVs, it was, like, a little, like, I don't know, 15-inch TVs in his room, it's a little flat screen, but it was not a smart TV, and he had his, the only reason why he watched Netflix on that TV, it was because he had the Nintendo Wii hooked up to that tv and yeah. that's how he was watching netflix so yeah no yeah, i like thing. you know i like having netflix on everything too because i actually do not really i'm not a huge fan of the smart tv experience i find that a lot of times you know it's it's annoying to type anything and it's it's never super responsive and fast i mean it's get it's gotten better it's gotten a lot better than it was a few years ago but i still i like the experience in a console so much better and maybe that's just me but I would rather go on Netflix from, through my Xbox, my PlayStation, or back in the day, even on my Wii U, than I would it from from the smart TV itself, even when it is a smart TV. And yeah, agreed. A, lo- a lot of times, I mean, and I, I've also had TVs that were not smart TVs, by the way, that um, 
that I was able to watch stuff through my console. So yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I wish they would continue to support it. I still have my Wii U. I mean, not, not right now, actually, but I still have my Wii U hooked up until recently and I was still planning on hooking it back up soon. So the I move. won't be it's able to move. Yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to use it for this anymore. Um, nonetheless, let, let me go through this real quick. So uh, the Xbox Series X survey, I think that's pretty cool. I actually do hope that a lot of the advancements that were made by the PS5 controller, I think I, those should be brought over to Xbox, probably in some new controller revision that they would release later on, probably on the next like Elite uh, controller, right? And you know the 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 Microsoft story is is pretty funny, but it was also so long ago. They were they actually were on a streak where they were trying to buy a lot of different companies back in the day. And who, who knows, man? Like it's it's interesting to think that Microsoft and Nintendo are working so well together nowadays. <laughs> Um, I don't like think they were each other. Twenty years ago, they got other, laughed but... out of the room. <laughs> Sorry, I I talked was... over you. So yeah, no, I was just saying it's kind of funny that they're working together when they're when like twenty years ago they laughed them out of the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, it would be cool to see some more collaboration in that front. Maybe you know they won't buy each other, but maybe they can become partners in a in a bigger way in the future. I would I would love to see something like that, but who knows? Who yeah, knows? I just wanted to say regarding the that story is that. Uh, um microsoft was pitching to nintendo it was like hey we can just buy you out because your hardware sucks and our hardware is better and you can just handle just game design and create you know <laughs> cool, cool good games and i like that's kind of like that's not how you you pitch someone like you know you, you're trying to you're like you're trying to butter them up you don't just tell like insult them and stuff like that i mean especially so, nintendo because they're pretty proud about their hardware you know people make fun of nintendo hardware sometimes because it's underpowered compared to the competitors and etc but that's not what they're about a lot of times you know they they really want to innovate with the hardware and then make hardware that will invite new game design because of the through the hardware innovation and they kind of have this interesting way to look at things <laughs> that is a little bit different than the other console manufacturers yeah yeah, besides, I mean, like, we're already, like, entering into this world of monopolies of companies, big companies buying each other and stuff like that. I feel like this is one of those situations where, like, maybe Microsoft shouldn't be that big <laughs> to own Nintendo as part of their catalog. So, yeah. Yeah. Good call. Absolutely. All right, Luis, let's move on. Okay, here we go. All right, so you definitely probably want to check out that uh, that Game Boy uh peripheral as well but <laughs> the one that we actually added in here today is about the kfc console louis had you had you seen this before because this was actually i had already seen this by the time we recorded our last episode i believe but i, I thought it was a joke and yeah it wasn't. i did too <laughs> yeah i thought it was a joke because like why would you put a freaking like chicken inside of your console hell no um, no. So to those that don't know, you, you really just got to see it. And that's what the segment is for. There's things that you just you just got to see it. <laughs> we can't even describe it. But um, KFC has announced their own console, which is basically this super powered up PC. And you can keep your chicken hot by using this little compartment where you can put your KFC chicken in there. The whole thing looks like a joke. But according to this IGN article, it is actually true. It is actually something that... Um, I don't know if it's for sale, but they're probably sending it to influencers and etc. Uh, so move over PS5 and Series X. Kentucky Fried Chicken has announced its KF's, KF console, a VR-ready, Intel-powered PC capable of 4K ray tracing gameplay up to 240 FPS in a chicken chamber that will keep your chicken warm as you game. No, we aren't kidding. This KFC console was technically first unveiled a day after the PlayStation 5 review event. And although many thought it may just be a fun marketing joke by KFC, the KF console is very real. The KF console's case is built by Cooler Master, and the pat patented chicken chamber is perhaps its marquee feature. 
Never risk letting your chicken go cold again. Thanks to the patented chicken chamber, the description reads, utilizing the system's natural heat and airflow system, you can now focus on your gameplay and enjoy hot, crispy chicken between rounds. It no. is ridiculous. I mean, like, chicken is very greasy and stuff like that. You're, I know. <laughs> like, your fingers would get greasy on the controller. Hell no. Like, just no. <laughs> you can also only fit, like, two very little pieces of chicken in there. So it's like, what's even the point? Like, like you know, you would have to grab these two pieces of chicken, take them to your PC, and then put them in there and then close it so that you can eat it later on. And you might as well <laughs> just have a bag of, you know, a bucket of, of KFC fried chicken right there instead. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know what, like it says here in the article that the release date and pricing of the KFC, KF console has, hasn't yet to be given. So there we go. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll find out. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely, I think we'll probably bring it back up when like influencers get like do reviews of it and stuff. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to see it. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. It's time for topic of the show. So Louis, this is our first topic of the show of 2021. And I thought it would be cool. I was looking back at the stuff that we did early in the year 2020. And I was doing that because I was like, I was trying to figure out what things we should do in which order, how we should do them. And and I actually have, a, I already kind of, I, I did, we didn't even talk too much about it, but I already have it in my head the next like four, four or so topics that we're going to be doing. And you probably know yeah. what they are. They're, they're, I already, yeah, we, we, um, I knew that all of January's topic of the shows were already decided a long time ago, by the way. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's all the basic ass stuff, you know, like a like game <laughs> of the year predictions, all that cool stuff. Uh, but I thought it would be a, a cool one to start would be to look look back because I, I had even forgot about this, actually. But we did a Medlibs episode where I had written a little paragraph and we had to fill in the blanks with the things that we thought were going to happen in 2020. And we actually did that a little late. We did it in I think it was our first episode of February that we did that. Mm. And so I wanted to go through it and read them back and... I don't know if you have, because since I'm going to be reading it, it would be cool if you had a piece of paper where you can tally up points or something like that. Sure, I could pull um, up a notepad. So, so that could be cool. But while while you while you get that done, I'm just going to go through um, what the what the text was okay. without you know without the the, the, the responses yet. Okay. Yeah. So the first one was 2020 will be a blank year for games. Next gen will start on blank, followed by blank on blank um the 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 ps5 and the xbox will be blank so we're like estimating the cost i'm kind of summarizing those because i don't have the the original write-up for here uh game of the year will be blank with the metacritic of blank the best selling console in the u.s during holiday season will be blank uh nintendo's biggest game will be blank xboxes will be blank and sony's will be blank uh <sighs> blank will not come out this year but blank will come out with with blank reception and metacritic of blank uh smash ultimate will get through uh, um i think it was like smash ultimate will get blank new fighters uh including blank uh the biggest disappointment will be blank because of blank and the biggest new announcement will be blank so with that in <laughs> mind oh my god which one should we read first should i because I, I have both of ours should i read yours or mine um go ahead and read yours mine okay yeah actually you know what we should do we should do one... why don't we just do both Oh, yeah, yeah. One, like one sentence at a time. So yeah, we both do both. All right. I said, I said 2020 will be a predictable year for games. <laughs> no, anything, zero points rewarded. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> I proceeded to explain that what I meant by that is that there wouldn't, we wouldn't be, like there wouldn't be surprise announcements that everything we would get were things that we already knew were coming. Okay. And I think that's, that's kind of right. Right. Cause we got, you know, Final Fantasy VII remake and. Doom Eternal and Animal... Like, all these games we knew... 
were they coming. were already well announced. Yeah, the only ones that were, were like, there's only two one that I can think of that were like, here's some surprise was Nintendo because they like to stealth they like to stealth release their stuff with Paper Mario yeah, and Hyrule exactly. Warriors. So while while I'll agree that it's hard to say that it was a predictable year because of everything else that happened in the world, I think I I can earn a half point there. That's my argument. Okay, I'll allow it. You allow right. it. Okay, thanks. Okay. Now your your answer was a lot more clear cut, and I know you remember it. You said twenty twenty will be a delayed year for games. Yeah. And the funny thing is that you predicted this before coronavirus was even a thing. I mean, yeah. before it was a thing in our sphere, at least in in the U.S. Um. So yeah, and you were that one. You know, no no questions asked. I get two points right. for that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I get one point. Okay. All right. So then your next prediction, I'm, I'm going to do the alternating thing. Alternating thing, Your yeah. next one was that next gen. Oh, now, here's the interesting thing. You had two versions of this. <laughs> I listened yeah, back I to the episode. <clears throat> um, but neither of which were true, though. But. Yeah. So your, your, your original one would have been the next gen was going to start on November 13th with the PS5 and then followed oh. by Xbox on November 20th. I was right about the PS5. You were. But then, huh. here's the thing, though. Then you changed, and you said that it was going to get pushed to 2021, <laughs> and that it was going to be March 5th for the PS5 and March 12th for the Xbox. God, I was really going for that Nintendo Switch strategy. On that, second, <laughs> that second, I think, did you talk me out of my own? Did you, like, make me second-guess myself, or was it, like, a, a no, situation no, where, like, I was like, like... you came in, you came in saying, um, saying, you know, I was going to predict this. But because I think oh. they're going to get delayed, I'm going to change it to this. I didn't. Oh even, yeah, I, I was being consistent with my. <laughs> I was being consistent with my my first prediction. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to just I'm going to award myself no points on that one because I was I was pretty I was I was more bullish about the March strategy. To tell you the truth, which a lot of uh, YouTube pundits are like are saying that it should have been delayed. By the way, just hashtag mm-hmm. Lewis is right. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I predicted next gen would start on November sixth with Xbox. Followed by PS5 on November 13th. Okay, half a point there. Yeah. When did... Was Xbox November 10th, I think? Yes. Yeah, so... They were I, the same week. Which I is had, crazy, because we all thought Fridays. We always thought Fridays. Yeah, exactly. So, I had kind of the right idea. Like, I thought Xbox was going to come in first, and PS5 was going to come in, like, a little bit after. Um, and I was just lucky on the PS5, but I, I didn't think, um, you know, Xbox would be less than a, a week first and, and not be on a Friday. Um, now, here's here's where, where things got weird and then and then you basically laughed me out of the room is that <laughs> i correctly predicted the ps5 would be 499 dollars, but i said that the xbox would be under that i didn't quite know what to decide here but i originally said 479 and then i revised it to 449 which i know now makes me sound stupid but there is a di- there is a dimension out there where that happened i just thought they were going to try to like do something like get the charger out of the box to undercut them or something i, I don't even fucking know but um <laughs> That didn't happen. They just they just stuck with the same price. So I get a half point there, and you, sir, get a full point because you predicted both consoles will be priced at four hundred and ninety nine. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I uh, I was thinking like I think I think that we knew about the Xbox Series S as like a code name or whatever. So I'm surprised we didn't even factor that in. I think we might have not done it on purpose, but yeah. Yeah. So um, later you said that game of the year would be The Last of Us Part Two. With a, with a 96 Metacritic. So Ooh. it was right about it being The Last of Us Part 2. I, I actually don't know about the Metacritic, but I'm pulling it up right now. I'm pretty sure it's like a, a 91 or something. I don't know. Let's see. 93. So mm, nice. the Metacritic part is off, but you know, you got the game of the year right. So there's a, there's a point. Uh, I have I'm going to do... I'm going to do 0.75 just because it's in the 90s. Okay, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> 
Um, I said, and here's look look at this beautiful prediction, Lewis. I said game of the year would be Cyberpunk 2077 with a 97 Metacritic. That's such a great prediction. (laughs) Zero points awarded. (laughs) Yep, no points for me there. You know, the funny thing is that the Metacritic for Cyberpunk on PC is actually quite high, but it's not that high. All right, so I just wanted to clarify here. Is it one point for for the game and one point for the Metacritic, or is it one point for both combined? Um, I mean, whatever, as long as we're consistent for the both of us. I would say one point for both combined, probably. Okay, all right. Now, I said that the best-selling console in the U.S. during the holiday season would be the PS5, and you said the best-selling console in the U.S. during the holiday season would be the Switch. Ooh, it was true up until all year, until the final stretch. We don't really have concrete numbers, though. Yeah, I think that's too early for that. I don't think... I I would wager that the PS5 was probably the number one uh, thing, but also supplies were constrained. Maybe the Switch didn't really have that constraint. So, I don't know. Let's not award any points for that one yet, since we don't we don't know yet. Um, mm. If the news comes out later on, then then maybe <laughs> we can we can revise it, but we might not need it. Um, now, your next prediction was that Nintendo's biggest game. Now we're getting to the biggest game parts, right? So let's 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 make this worth three points. What about that? Because okay. there's three okay. different predictions here. But you said Nintendo's biggest game would be Breath of the Wild two. Nah, zero. Oh. Xboxes would be Halo Infinite. Ugh, nah. God damn it. And Sony's would be The Last of Us Part 2. Now, here's where it gets interesting. How do we define... I use the terminology biggest game on the Mad Libs. What does that mean? Well, clearly, um, it was definitely... we Last of Us is in the bag because it was a commercial and a critical success. So that's really not much of a question. All right, um, I'll give it that point. I, I would think that for like The Last of Us specifically, I know that it wasn't it like the best-selling exclusive, like straight up. I, or whatever I don't I, know. It was, I think, at first, but I was wondering if Ghost of Tsushima surpassed it. Actually, I uh, think it was more of like, oh, it's the best-selling exclusive for a new IP or something like that, or whatever mm. the hell. Like they they always do that thing where like they want to do marketing speak to like sort of like talk and and qual- quantifiers and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So I said that Nintendo's biggest game would be a new 3D Mario title. Does that? <laughs> does that? I mean, I did say the word new. So I think yeah. that 3D All-Stars doesn't count. Yeah, and besides, I, I would think that the Nintendo's biggest game of 2021 or 2020 was Animal Crossing. You're correct. So I'll give yeah. you that. Xbox is Halo Infinite as well, which, you know, we didn't expect that to get delayed for a year. Halo, I mean, but to be fair, Microsoft didn't expect it for it to be delayed either. Yes. And, and here's where you can laugh me out of the room again. I said the Sony's would be the prediction that I kept repeating throughout the year that didn't come through. That will likely come through in 2020 because I know in good authority this is happening. <laughs> but I said it would be The Last of Us Online. <laughs> uh, hmm. Which didn't happen. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> Zero points for Zero you, Zero points sir. for me. So at this point, where are we at? You're probably like a, like two points ahead or something. I'm at I'm at 3.75 and you're at 1.5. All right. Now, my next one, said I said Horizon 2 will not come out this year. But Breath of the Wild 2 will come out with positive reception and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter because it didn't. So um, you get half a point. I get half a point there. And you said Ghost of Tsushima will not come out this year, but Halo will. With a mixed reception <laughs> and a Metacritic of 76. Why did I think... Go- oh, you know what it was? I was going to think... So why did, why did, well, I was originally going to say, why did I think Ghost of Tsushima wasn't going to come out? But I actually do remember now. They were not talking about it at all. Like, there was little marketing speak about it. 
So mm-hmm. there was no updates. We were like, they were just Sucker Punch was just, just quietly working That's in the background. True. I remember I that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there were I wasn't people... completely off base on my prediction. There are a lot of people theorizing that the game was going to be bad or something. There's going to yeah. be a dud because we just weren't seeing it at all. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I stand by that shitty prediction. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I get a half a point. So I'm slightly kind of catching up, but not really. Yeah. Um, then you predicted that Smash Ultimate would get three new fighters after Byleth, because it was at that point Byleth had already been come out, so I that's why I pointed it out. Um, so yeah, I was right. So that's wait, there we go. So that's good so wait, far. Wait, 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 and that one of the new fighters would be Raymond. God damn it! Half a point. So half a uh, point there. Was it? Right. Was it? If it was in fact three fighters. Yeah, it was. Um, I also said three fighters, and I said including Crash Bandicoot. So we were both wrong. So yeah, half a point for both of us on that one. Now, I predicted that the biggest disappointment this year, and this will be an interesting one for us to discuss right now. This is what I said. That the biggest disappointment this year would be Bethesda. Because no Star, because Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 would both not come out that year and that we wouldn't see them <laughs> at all. That's what I said. I would, that, my point was like these two games that people are really excited about, we won't see them at all. So Bethesda will have a little bit of a quiet year. Now, you know what's kind of funny is you're, you're right on the money. We didn't even see marketing for it, either of those yeah. things. So, so I was right on Bethesda, you know, Bethesda just kind of not having much of a splash in the year other than Doom Eternal, but eh, I the things that I said <laughs> were not going to be there. I was like right on the money for. However, there were so many other big disappointments in the year <laughs> that it was definitely not the biggest disappointment. But I think I think that I deserve a half point there. That's I'll allow my it. argument. I'll allow it. Um, and the other interesting thing too is that Bethesda got purchased by Microsoft, which made it like a big <laughs> news story in the in the year. Which nobody could have possibly predicted that shit right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Now, you said the biggest disappointment of the year would be all of the delays because of the coronavirus. <laughs> so, you know what? This actually just makes me a liar about what I said before. Because I said that when you made the prediction that, you know, COVID wasn't around yet. But it must have been because otherwise you wouldn't have specifically said that. I think... Mm-hmm. You know what's kind of funny is I think it was more of like coronavirus watch was... I don't know when did that happen, but like... We were not in lockdown mode because lockdown mode didn't happen until April. I was still going to work. <laughs> I started working from home in March. Um, but yeah, it it was like it started getting bad like early March. And then by the end of April, it was everybody had switch art. Unless you were, you know, a, a type of business that had to be um, physical. But yeah, interesting. So, I mean... Do you, do you think you convince me? Do you think do you think that was the biggest disappointment of the year? Do you think that 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 earns you a full point? Uh, okay, let me think. Let me think. Um, I will say yes in the sense that like coronavirus just not only just the world over, but it just disrupted the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo has been very coy about how they had other games that were planned to be released in 2020, but they were never announced, so they got internally delayed. So we already know that to be true. So 2021 is going to be hype, obviously, for Nintendo because of the delays. But um, I think that 2020, um, we were at the at the at the offset of the uh, at the outset of our podcast when we first started the show. We were everyone was anticipating 2020 to be a big year for gaming, and yeah. generally speaking, that is always going to be the truest statement because when a console is ending and stuff, you get the best quality games. We had like you know Final Fantasy VII remake and you know Ghosts and Last of Us and stuff like that. You know, generally speaking. Consoles are going to be uh, the last. The consoles on their last year are going to flex with their best quality games, and that's true for like the NES and the SNES and like all these other consoles that always had like they go out with the bang. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the uh, the whole coronavirus situation and all the delays and everything that didn't happen, the hype was sucked out 
from from uh, 2020 as far as 2020 and gaming. So we didn't get an E3, and we didn't have like you know the our E3 was was delayed till December when the game when the game awards happened. So you I'm know, gonna say full point. I, I I will I will give you the full point. I think that's a that's a fair fair argument. But I will also say that despite everything, I still think 2020 was a banger year for games and. You know, some things got delayed out of the year, but so many things that got delayed actually got delayed within the year. So it still ultimately got them or just got them like later than we thought we would. Um, and I don't know, like thinking about the like the game awards and the, the, the orchestra moment and all the games that we saw in the show this year and, and thinking about um, the previous year of 2019, I, I feel like, I don't know, th- this just felt like a much more solid and 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 big year for games um than last year now granted if you if you go back further right like 2018 had god of war and 2017 was breath of the wild and etc so um i just kind of like i in my head like i just want to say that i i i was envisioning 2020 to be like a 2013 and a 2018 where every nominee is just like oh my god mm -hmm. but like i feel like i didn't really feel that way about the nominees i wasn't really exciting like my like my 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 spidey senses weren't tingling and stuff like that so i don't know i don't know if it's like a if it's like a um, an effect of just like the general situation like the malaise or if it's just like these games didn't really like you know hit that appeal for me or something i don't fair know fair enough i i think it's a you know it could be a mix of both right it's i mean imagine if the uh, breath of the wild 2 had managed to come out this year and uh if maybe halo infinite had come out this year and been actually awesome and it could it could have made it even um, bigger of a year. That's why you know we were anticipating in the beginning of the year. So it I, I can see that whole like some of those games that would have spoken more to you specifically too. I mean not not Halo necessarily, but especially something like Zelda um, or a new Mario game or something that you know those things weren't there. I mean it was it was especially it was especially a disappointing year for Nintendo specifically, despite the fact that they had arguably one of the biggest games of the year in, in Animal Crossing. It was such a sensation, but. That's the number one selling am game on Amazon was Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's it's just. Yeah. But then you know you take that aside because that that game does not appeal to everybody. I mean, you were not interested in playing and you didn't play, and I played it a little bit, but it wasn't really my jam. So I ended up dropping out after. I mean, granted, like thirty hours, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it's crazy, right? Because if I said that for any other game, it's like, well, I played the game and and I clearly loved it because otherwise I wouldn't have played it for that long. But Animal Crossing is just the kind of game that the people that like it actually play it for much more than that so playing it for 30 hours is on it's it's in the low end um but if you take that aside, zero <laughs> there's there's not really there wasn't really much there it was the the mario collection that most people were disappointed about you know they did do a lot of things to celebrate mario's anniversary but you know it's all just a bunch of collectibles they're not necessarily like new cool games super mario 35 was interesting but it's also just a temporary experiment and then we got the new higher warriors game that like i said i don't think most people really care about so yeah it was there's the new Paper Mario that you know some people <laughs> nobody liked or uh, uh, hardcore fans didn't like. Yeah, like some people say it's good. Apparently, it's like really funny. Like the writing is pretty good and stuff. But it was it wasn't really what the fans wanted. So yeah, it was it was a little bit of an off year for Nintendo. Definitely a bad year for Xbox. Um, you know that you know the, they put out the console, but they're just wasn't it was, much like PlayStation there. was the only one smelling like roses. I would say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So a strong year for PlayStation, definitely. Um, but moving on to the final prediction that we made here with our Mad Libs. Okay. Your prediction was that the biggest new announcement of the year would be a Mario Odyssey sequel coming in 2021. And we didn't Jeez. get that. I still, still it's still going to happen though. <laughs> it's going to come out this year. Yeah, I, I still, don't think so. I, I think it's going to come out in 2022 now actually. I don't mm, think they want to do a Breath of the Wild Mario Odyssey situation in 2017 anymore. 
Yeah, it's interesting, though, because you would think, like, you know, this year, it's been, at this point, it would have been four years since both of these games, and typically for Nintendo, that's that's enough time for them to come out with the next thing, right? Like, we, we had Mario Galaxy in 2007, and then Galaxy 2 in 2010, and then 3D World in, I think, 2014, and then Odyssey in 2017, right? Yeah, so they're due, they're due for a new Mario adventure. Yeah, exactly. And then and then with Zelda, those sometimes take longer. But, but you know, with, with this Wild, one, they're using the same engine and the same assets, so they yeah. shouldn't be taking as long. We'll see what happens. Um, it would be interesting to see a situation where, you know, they, they sit on a game for a while that's maybe perhaps already even done just because they want to space it out. They've done that before. Um, it's not... Other companies don't really do that. Like, I feel like... I mean, look at Ubisoft with putting... <laughs> You know, like <laughs> game all, a month. <laughs> yeah, all their games together over four or five months, and then there's probably not going to be anything for a year. Um, but with with Nintendo, they I remember there was a, a during the Wii U era there was something that we would hear about a lot because you had this very long spaced out releases for the Wii U uh, sometimes, and they talked about how I think Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze was ready to go um, at 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 the end. Yeah, of, I remember that. At the end of 2013, but then because, you know, they wanted to space it out because they didn't have a lot of new stuff coming out in the next six months, they had... Put it out until February. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So they might do stuff like that again. We'll see. Um, This time for different reasons. It was like, like, this game might get uh, get delayed or something like that. I don't forget what it was. It was like, no, it's not delayed. It's it's actually done already, you know? Mm -hmm. I remember some kind of... Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, exactly. And then here's where, you know, so you don't get a point for that, but here's where I get a point because Mm. I said, well... At least almost the full point, because I said the biggest new announcement will be a God of War sequel with just a logo and no release window. That's what I said. You I got said, everything except for that last part, because yeah. it was just the logo. So <laughs> and we I don't even s- have a name. It's it's called Ragnarok without actually being officially... I know, said that we would yeah. get no footage from the game. That at most, did, I, yeah. I think what I said is that like at most we would get like a little tease, um, yeah. like a three seconds of like greatest face or something. But Not even that. Not even mm-hmm. that, but nonetheless, I think it deserve a point seventy five there at least. I'm gonna just yeah, I'll allow it. I'm gonna go one point on All that right. one just because I know that last part, that last part, but it's basically cra- practically on the money. You deserve a, that'll be your first full point because you've been you've been chipping away at half a point <laughs> this entire time. You've never got a full point on anything until now. Well, <laughs> I got it now. <laughs> All right. So what's right. your final standings, Lewis? All right. The tally for you here is four points. Okay, and yours. I'm just double checking my math here on yours. Yeah, it was just four. And then mine is uh, 5.25. There we go. You win. Congratulations. <laughs> you get to you get to edit the next episode. That's your prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think this was a good. This was a definitely good predictions. And I think we had very good analysis, both as we were making the predictions, because we had a good, we had utilized the information that we had at the time. We also had a good postmortem here on this one. I like I like the little dissection of what our mindset was and how things panned out in hindsight. I wonder if it wasn't for COVID. I wonder how many more predictions we would have potentially. Actually, no, because we would have gotten maybe some other ones right, but then we would also have gotten some wrong. <laughs> you would have gotten some wrong because, you know, maybe things would not have gotten delayed as much or et cetera. But yeah. I just wanted to say that I'm in an alternate timeline. I think 2020 would have given 2013 a run for its money. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I could have seen that too. But anyway, that's it. I'm done with my part of the show. So now you take over and take us through the final segments of today. All right. Here we go. What are you buying? All right. So the new releases here. So we got a couple of things going on here in January. So number one, Doom Outfits and content is coming to Fall Guys 
on January 12th. So there you go. Boom. Uh, and also, a free demo for Monster Hunter Rise is now available on Nintendo Switch. For those that don't know, Monster Hunter is a huge franchise and it's coming back home to Nintendo because it had a very, it had a very big heyday in the 3DS era. Mm-hmm. And next up, we have Cobra Kai, The Karate Kid Saga Continues on PC on January 5th. And Iron Conflict on PC, which is out today of recording, January 7th. MXGP 2020 on PlayStation 5, January 14th. And the re-release, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the game, complete edition, on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC on January 14th. That's probably going to be the pick of the week. Rediscover the beloved 2D arcade-style beat-em-up inspired by the iconic comic book series and movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. In this complete edition, it includes the original Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game, as well as its original DLC, the Knives, Chow, and Wallace Wells add-on packs. Play as your favorite characters, Scott Pilgrim, Ramona Flowers, Knives, Chow, Steven Stills, and more. Level up and learn new awesome abilities, unlock secret items and modes, summon powerful allies and more team up with friends and combine your skills to battle your way through waves of tough enemies or complete with uh, or compete with them in awesome mini games like dodgeball all on your way to defeat the league of ramona's evil exes first off scott pilgrim versus the world is an awesome ass movie love it and secondly i played this game on the 360 when i went to uh, fame's house so i have i have memories very fond memories and i'm glad i get to finally get this game and I will probably be picking it up here because I got some gift cards uh, to PlayStation and Nintendo for, uh, for Christmas. So probably going to utilize that. Good stuff. I wonder if we can play it online because that, that would maybe be a fun stream. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would hope so. Um, not that I'm aware of. I mean, obviously, uh, there have been pretty, you know, marketing speak. I only remember the announcement, so I haven't really been following it. But yeah, we'll uh, I'll we'll get back. We'll get back to you on that one. All right. Next up. Got a selection of good things on sale, stranger. So we have January's PlayStation Plus games uh, that were announced here. So on the PlayStation 5, you can get Maneater. So I remember that was that was quite a, a fun little trailer there. And then you can also see here on PS4, we have Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh my God, I'm so getting this. I, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I have Rise of the Tomb Raider. Now I get to finally connect, collect the Trinity. Uh, next up is uh, Greedfall, which is a PS4 game. Not to be confused with Godfall, but it looks very Assassin's Creedy. Um, what's with games with similar names coming out around the same time by the way or like in this case <laughs> I, I don't know if it's coming out it's probably just now available on, on playstation plus but i saw there's another game that's called i believe god's fall or or, or oh my s- God. something akin to that it's like it's like god's with the with an apostrophe s and then fall like the fall of the gods or something along those we lines. talked about we talked about that one cyberpunk game that sounded like cyberpunk or whatever yes yeah. yes and, you know, a while ago with Outer Wilds and The Outer Worlds both coming out and being nominated for awards and stuff. <laughs> I feel like it's a phenomenon that happens. Yeah. It needs I to don't be know. researched. <laughs> um, I think Hollywood has that problem, too, as well, by yeah. the way. Yeah, um, definitely. With two movies that are similar in plot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so next up, we have Xbox Games with Gold here. It's announced for January. January, actually, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a, the little the little nod to him to Xbox on this one. They're finally actually coming out swinging. Uh, little Nightmares is gonna be the the first game for January from the first to the thirty first, as well as Dead Rising from the the sixteenth through the February fifteenth. Um, also, you can find on the Xbox three sixty is. Uh, for January 1st through the 15th, there's looks like, what is it, the King of Fighters 13? And then also from the 16th to the 31st is the uh, Breakdown, 
King of Fighters. What? what? Breakdown the King of Fighters 13th? Wait, there's are they releasing two King of Fighters in the same month? I don't know what the hell is going on here, but whatever. I'm just a fan. I'm, I'm, uh, I really want to get Dead Rising. So also, just by the cover art, I think Little Nightmares looks cool. So yeah, I don't really have much to say other than that. Do you have any other insight that I don't know about? No, I um I downloaded Little Nightmares uh, to my Series X, and I've been thinking about checking it out. So I don't know if I'll have the time, but I, it's definitely on my list. Okay, and then Epic Games. Uh, by the way, over the holiday, we didn't have we didn't cover this because we were on break, but Epic Games did that 14 days of or yes. you know 13 days of Christmas, whatever the hell it is, and it's like they gave out a game every day for, uh, consecutively daily. So I did get me a Jurassic World Evolution. I didn't like log in every day, but I got me some me good neither. ones. Yeah, I think um, I only got like two of them. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution was one of the ones that I that I picked up, but and then yeah. one of them when I tried to sign in, I already had it for free. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, but anyways, uh, this week for you'll until the fourteenth, you can actually get Crying Sons. So let's go ahead and read the blurb on this one here. Crying Sons is a tactical rogue light that puts you in the role of a space fleet commander as you explore a mysteriously fallen empire. In this story-rich experience, each successful run will uncover the truth about the empire and yourself as well. I don't know. That seems kind of generic. Uh, I'm already, you already got me at Rogue... Um, you already got me sort of disinterested at Roguelike because I've been playing a lot of those <laughs> lately, um, mm-hmm. especially for like reviews for level one gaming. So uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, the biggest thing here is next week's alleged game, free game, is going to be Battlefront 2. So I know it's been getting patched a lot. So... Uh, next week will be a banger for Epic Games. And next up here, we have the uh, Xbox uh, deals here. So you can get some new Series X and Xbox One games uh, sale, which is live. And so uh, looking at the deals here, I can see uh, really quickly off the top of my head, I see Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Devil May Cry 5 and Dragon Ball Fighters. And the sale runs until January 11th. Um, I also see some Microsoft flagship franchises like Halo 5, uh, Halo the Master Chief Collections, as well as Gears Tactics, and some Forza Horizon 4 and Forza Motorsport 7. So some good discounts, very good, very good. Um, definitely, I didn't get any Xbox uh, gift cards uh, this this Christmas, so I'm not sure if I'll be picking up anything, especially because I have a bunch of these already. So yeah, good stuff. I, to check I would out. recommend people to get Batman Arkham Knight for $5. Um, that game is dope. It's a it's a it's a Game Pass game, by the way. I oh, only know it? that because my nephew my nephew has it for Game Pass. I so see, I see. He's his uh, his Xbox Series S is going to be a Game Pass and Fortnite machine. So yeah. Um, next up here, uh, by the way, I just want to say there's Assassin's Creed Valhalla was forty dollars on Xbox. By the way, I only know that because my nephew got it. So it's the only non Game Pass game he has. Yeah, on his you Xbox know what? Series I'm never like pre ordering Ubisoft games again because I'm learning <laughs> that there's a pattern here where the game supposedly releases for sixty dollars, you can pre order it for fifty, but a few weeks later you can get it for forty or thirty bucks. So, um, yeah, I learned my lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can see here on my end on PlayStation, it's $45 on PlayStation. So you get a better deal on Xbox. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I see a sale going on on PlayStation. There's a Games Under 20 sale uh, as well as, you know, your your bigger hitters. Uh, let's just check out this Games Under 20 sale. I see a Crash Team Racing uh, for $14, uh, Cuphead for $14, Doom Eternal for $20. Damn. Control Ultimate Edition, $20. Man, that, that game just got re-released like recently. Yep. This is some good stuff, man. I'm I'm very impressed. Uh, I see Job Simulator, if you're into P- PlayStation VR, $15. Gang Beast for $10. This is some good stuff. Oh, yeah, I saw RE3. I like spit. I just spit in my mouth right now. <laughs> Even though I don't know. I, I don't know, but whatever. Uh, I never seen, by the way, really quick, I never seen somebody have such hate and disgust 
over games that they have haven't played at all. <laughs> Or, no, or franchises just, that they don't even care about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm being I'm, sp- I'm being very facetious because I know the consensus is that RE3 is like completely uh, uh, underneath what RE2 is. I know RE2 has a better like legacy, even for like current gen. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I'm just giving you shit. I do find <laughs> it pretty funny though. But also, it's a horror game, and I don't do horror, so there's also it's like a double whammy. It's like you're really not you're really not doing yourself any favors <laughs> in my book. Uh, next up is Nintendo sales and deals. There's some, uh, looks like, like, like some, a new NIS America New Year sale 2021. I don't know what NIS is, but yeah, I see a lot of Japanese ass looking games like Disgaea, uh, marked down. So anything that you wanted to say specifically on these? Nope. If you like Japanese ass looking games, there's a lot of sales <laughs> of Japanese ass looking games. That's what it is there. Uh, I see, uh, Vis, uh, or Yis or YS. I know that's a big franchise. I know some of these, these like titles, they are like, okay, yeah, I I know the name, so mm-hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, if you're really into Japanese ass games that are marked down heavily, so there we go. Um, next up, PlayStation Now games for January revealed: The Crew 2, Frostpunk, and more. Three new games have come to Sony's cloud gaming service for January, and they're all available now. I don't really have anything to say on it, but I know that Crew 2 was. Uh, isn't the Crew 2 like well regarded over the Crew 1? Yeah, I think so. I believe so. Dude, yeah. I remember when those games got announced. Like, I, well, the first crew specifically, like, people were so into it. And I remember it was kind of this weird thing where there were four or five racing games that were coming out in the same year, like, in, um, like, big racing games. Because it was The Crew, Project Cars, uh, one of the Forzas, and one of the Gran Turismos. And I feel like there was, like, a few more. And I remember thinking, hmm... Some of these are probably going to fail just because there's way too many racing games in the market right now. Um, and, you know, I think the crew was one of the ones that didn't do so well. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up is Game Pass. So we get seven new games in January and four are leaving. So I only want to sh- shout out just the specific ones because I don't know if you want to like go over the rest of the list, but I just want to give a shout out to Injustice 2, which is already out as of today recording. It's going to be on Android, console, and PC. And also another critically well-regarded game, What Remains of Edith Finch, is on PC starting January 14th. And what's leaving, the only big hitter that I can see that matters that I would give a shout out to or anti shout out to i guess is tekken 7 since i'm big into the fighting game scene so anything that you wanted to spotlight on this i'm surprised tekken 7 is leaving because i thought i might be wrong but i I thought i even remember us covering it joining game pass and i feel like it wasn't that long ago um ftl faster than light is a very beloved uh roguelike as well from a few years ago um as and my friend pedro was this you know weird little action game that came out i think two years ago that you know i've I've seen um gameplay for um you know with game pass is always this weird thing where it's like you know, it's always the celebration of what's coming in, but it's also weird to see what's getting out Maybe. of it. <laughs> and it's beginning to feel like the thing that I'm beginning to get worried with Game Pass is that I'm beginning to feel like it's going to be a little bit less like Netflix, where for the most part, you can trust things to go in and then stay there for a while. And then eventually they come out, but it takes a bit usually. And I'm worried that it becomes more like a uh, demo, kinda like your free rotation of games this month, you know, and that a lot of a lot of things come in and now like constantly um to the point where i i don't know I, i'm just i'm just starting to become a little bit worried by all these games that we see you know we read oh they're being added to game pass and then i feel like two or three months later it's like oh they're leaving game pass now you know <laughs> I, i'm starting to feel like it's one of those kind of like you know like old school demo discs or whatever and stuff like that because like i feel like that's kind of how it is yeah um 
But yeah, no, I I feel like there was one month we covered this in particular where it was like what was leaving were like huge heavy hitters and what was coming in was completely like uh, pales in comparison and stuff like that. And we thought it was a bad month for Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I feel like at least with this equation, I'm I'm more in favor of every month was like this where more heavy hitters enter than they than they leave. Yeah. So fair enough. Yeah. Uh, last up here on, on Broke Gamer's Guide here is uh, DailySteals.com, which was, uh, uh, got, it's kind of like, I don't know, I never, uh, we only heard of this website because it was an affiliate with IGN, uh, but uh, this website, you can actually find a 12-month subscription to PlayStation Plus uh, for a year for $41. So there it is. Um, nothing more to say on that other than, there you go, you get a get a good deal, a good discount. That's $20 off right there. So Yeah, those are always yeah. good, and you can always stack them as well, so. Um, yes, I got one of those Which deals a bit ago, and and, and yeah, stuff. I did that too. Yeah, <laughs> and covered this. All right, that's it, and let's call it. That's right. It is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2021. Lots of fun stuff to come. Remember, you can reach the podcast at readyplaynetwork.com or simply at Ready Press Play on Twitter or TikTok. I'm on Twitter at the Dan Lima and Lewis. At Chocolaka88. That's right. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff, and watch out for our new movies podcast. Ready Play Movies. Yeah. Coming soon. <laughs>